They came down nineteen eighty-eight thousand spacecraft like petals on the earth, and they had big eyes and they walked like spies. They found someone who no one would believe. Welcome to First Strike, the Invasion podcast. This is Siskoid. And I'm Bess. And we're uh, we're going through the entire Invasion crossover event, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in. Yeah, I just discovered it. I'd never read it before. Uh, you did, though. I was there when the Invasion <laughs> hit in 1988. I was there, but I'm, I'm rediscovering it. Yeah. And I did not read every single comic it tied into back in the day. Okay. They just weren't available in my area. Okay. Uh, all the new formats... No comic book shops and, and, in Edmonton, New Brunswick. And like myself, you, you grab them at the like the grocery store or the uh, pharmacies and stuff like that. Right. Because I had to any... go to three or four stores. Yeah. Each week to get everything I wanted. Yeah, but they all had Archie though. <laughs> That's not something I picked up. Uh, yeah, we did Invasion Number One, uh-huh. and now we're going through everything that happened between Invasion Number 1 and Invasion Number 2, which is a lot of comics. A lot of comics. Uh, they are marked First Strike, which is the name of our show. And in the First Strike, it's really the aliens coming to Earth, mm-hmm. taking over Australia first, but sending different uh, alien races all around the globe. Yeah. And each comic ties in with that so that different heroes will be fighting different aliens. Exactly. But the very first tie-in, we're going through the list uh, as it was uh, as it was drawn up in, at the back of Invasion Number One. Mm-hmm. The very first one is not a comic, not really. It's the special Invasion edition of the Daily Planet, which is cool because I never read Daily Planet before. <laughs> it's 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 a newspaper we don't have in our universe. We don't have it, but this I is was... the one issue published on Earth Prime. Exactly. It's Friday, November fourth, nineteen eighty-eight. And uh, the we we already saw the uh, the headline the, the front page, Earth to invaders drop dead. We saw that at the end of Invasion Number One, and so we're picking it up from there as if we were reading the newspaper itself. Exactly. And I hadn't realized I did some research in between uh, episodes, and I hadn't realized that this is actually a, a parody or a, a reference to an actual newspaper headline uh, from the 70s. Really? Yeah, it's um, Ford, uh, Ford to City Drop Dead. Okay. It was a thing about a, uh, bailing out New York City. It was a major page headline, front page news on, on the New York Times. Okay. It's And it's exactly like this. The big, oh, wow. And this newspaper, this fake newspaper, has tons of references to all sorts of things, mostly the DC Universe, mm-hmm. but not exclusively the DC Universe. No, no, they make... Well, I don't have... All the references to everything, but some things I didn't pick up. Neither do I. (laughs) I did pick up a couple things, though, that were... You know, because this was a time of a particular, I'd say, political climate also. Yeah, it's the... End of Reagan's run. Right, it's happening... Well, when they wrote it, obviously it was during the campaign. Yeah. So, uh, similar to now. Michael Dukakis was against George Bush Sr. Yeah. We know Bush won, of course. History says it. But we didn't know it at the time. No. And... The invasion is supposed to be taking place on November fourth, just before election day. Yeah, and so so it's it's kind of strange. It's you know how how would this event actually have affected the elections? Probably no difference. Probably no difference at all. Probably a Republican would have gotten into the White House anyway. <laughs> but we do have Reagan in these stories. Yeah, He's yeah. still president. We have quotations from uh, President Reagan. Yep, it's fun. 
Uh, and if we talk about the, the format of this thing, I said it wasn't really a comic book, it was a newspaper. Uh, here's what it actually looks like. Uh, well, we'll put pictures up on uh, fireandwaterpodcast.com, which is our home now. Yeah. We are a proud member of the Fire and Water Network. It, this is a 16-page newspaper, mm -hmm. an actual newspaper, folded, about tabloid-sized, uh, folded in half, and bagged with a sort of a sleeve, let's call it like a folder, yeah. a, a cardboard folder, which has Scrapper from the... Newsboy Legion. That's his name. I, I knew he was from the, the Newsboy Legion. I didn't know who he was. One eye closed, I guess that's Scrapper. Scrapper is, uh, yeah, Scrapper has the big turtle, the green turtleneck uh, and the cap. Um, the other the other guys are like, uh, what are big words? I don't know him. <laughs> Gabby. I, I remember these guys, but I don't know him. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Olsen somewhere in there. Yeah, and the these are, of run. course, the, the clones of the Newsboy Legion. Yeah. Who were, at the time, um, running around Metropolis because th this was a time where... Superman, the, the Superman books were really integrating the fourth world stuff. Yeah. Uh, just as they maybe had in the early 70s with the Jimmy Olsen series when Jack Kirby took it over. So, so there's a big Jack Kirby yeah. tribute going on in the Superman books at this time. Cadmus Project, The Guardian, The Newsboy Legion. So it makes sense that they're, they're selling yeah. Daily Planet. Daily Planet. Yeah. And why not? It would, I mean, yeah. So it's cute. Yeah. It's, it's a cute, cute yeah. cover. But, of course, that's not part of the, the newspaper itself. So the newspaper is uh, really, it's got, you know, it's got articles, articles headlines, pictures. Yeah. Columns. Uh, it's a newspaper. Yeah, it's about 23 by 16 inch newspaper per page. Uh, a little heavier and slicker than a regular newsprint as far as the paper goes. Yeah. Not quite magazine level. No yeah. staples, no binding. It was, it was probably something really special. Special to have. I mean, uh, if 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 any of these still exist, like in mint condition, I'd be surprised. Yeah, but right now we're going off a scan because I missed this. Yeah, I missed this, and I've never actually seen it. So this is all my research and looking at pictures of it. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Although <laughs> I think the only other time that DC really created an artifact like this was when they did a uh, an issue of um, it was like a news time. Okay. Newsweek and news, uh, Time Magazine mixed together, okay. like a fake magazine on the event of Superman's death. Okay. That okay. I have. That you do have. That I do uh, have. I, I know you have it because I think I read it. That's right. Watch for our Death of Superman podcast in 2035. <laughs> when we're done, it's <laughs> somewhere down the road. Right. Uh, so this, and this is mostly, seems to be written by editors. Yep. I mean, if the bylines are real, you've got Robert Greenberger signing off on articles, Dan Raspler, Kevin Dooley, Robert Lauren Fleming. So there's writers and editors, Renee Witherstatter, Paul Levitz, Barbara Kessel's in there. Uh, and there's an, an editorial by... Perry White, of course. Yeah. There's a column by Clark Kent. Yep. There, there's Cat uh, Grant doing the gossip and yeah. the variety. And Cat Grant is very funny in this. Just spoiler alert, she's very funny in this. And in most things. I know, <laughs> I know. But no Lois Lane. No Lois Lane. I was surprised. I was surprised. It's an odd omission. I don't remember what was going on in the Superman books exactly. I, I don't know. I sort of do, but not with Lois necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why she's not writing, but uh, it's a strange omission. Yeah, it is, because I, I was wondering when am I going to read a, a Lois Lane article, and I'm not reading one. No. She's just not in there. No, it's just, you know, it's mostly DC staffers. I'm thinking maybe down the road I'll know what happened to Lois Lane in one of the books. Yeah. Because probably, because if this came out right after Invasion uh, number one, probably I'm not the only person wondering where's Lois Lane. Right. Because a lot of these references are kind of, they might seem odd to us now, because... Yeah. 1988 is 
kind of far away. And, you know, what was going on in those books. And if you were reading, I don't know, Doom Patrol, yeah. and there's a reference to Doom Patrol in there, then if you were reading it at the time, you'd say, oh, okay, it's talking about my books. You know, it's talking about a character in, in Flash, and I'm reading The Flash right now. Yeah. Even if I was reading those books back then, and I was, <laughs> I mean, it's been years. So, uh, so, so sometimes we're not going to get everything, but if you if there's some, some little nugget that you're... You, yeah. You, particularly like and that we didn't mention uh, please leave us a comment at uh, fireandwaterpodcast.com so this thing has really three functions i'd say this artifact uh first it catches us up on several books it really does uh you, maybe we're not following the whole dc line at the time although we, we might might have been able to the comics were 95 yeah. cents canadian but we might be interested in buying those those books because they tie in so mm -hmm. A little reference here, a little reference there, helps us say, oh, yeah, oh, I should pick up Animal yeah. Man. Yeah, exactly. You know, that kind of thing. You should always pick up Animal Man. But you should always. <laughs> uh, also, it, it, the second thing really does is, is primes us for what will, will be happening in the books. Because yeah. there are spoilers in here. There are little tiny spoilers. I think so. I uh, don't know. Yeah. It, well, it, it, it seems to mention things as if they'd happened. Okay. During the first strike, but we haven't read those books yet. Well, this probably puts so you know us Batman in... goes to Cuba. Well, yeah. Okay, we're gonna find that out in the Batman books. But if Batman comes out on week three, we still know Batman's in. So basically, what they're doing with this is they're creating, I guess, the timeline. Yeah, a little teaser. Yeah. As well, so the, you know, uh, you you should pick up Batman because he's gonna be in Cuba fighting Fidel Castro and the Durlins. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, so it, it teases us. Although I do think there's, we'll see. There's an article about the Doom Patrol. Uh, yeah. That's a little, sp a, a little spoilery. Big time spoiler. I I did I didn't even read it and I'm already sad. So you know. And so it gives us information. That's not clearly given in Invasion Number One. So some, yeah. so we know they took over Australia, but here we'll get other details. Yeah. Where else did they land? Yeah. Well, Invasion was mainly from the the, the viewpoint of the aliens, mm. right? We we read it from their point of view and uh, when they're coming and they're planning and everything. This is like the opposite. It's what went on over here when everything dropped. Right. So our uh, reaction. Yeah. It's basically our reaction and our point of view. And uh, I, I'm kind of glad they did it in a, sort of a this format. I don't know why. It just, for some odd reason, it makes it like more real. It, it kind of pushes it into more mature readership. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I kind of liked it. it. There's a lot of stuff in there, though. It took me a long time to read everything. It's very dense. Yeah. It's very dense. And the third thing is, you know, jokes and fun references to the DCU. Yeah. And the newspaper format as a sort of joke. Exactly. So and sometimes it's just parodies of how newspapers work. Yeah. Without exactly. real information about invasion. For fun. So let's go through the newspaper. All, All right. right. Uh, so the first, well, the first page is that headline, that shocking headline. And then after that, uh, today in the Daily Planet, so you get a little index, and in there um, are some jokes. I kind of like the idea that. Yeah. Lex Luthor runs his own lottery. Big, the Big Lex ticket. The Big Lex, yeah. Three nine five eight seven. <laughs> if check your tickets. Uh, a couple <laughs> jokes, uh, a Thanagarian joke and a Durlin joke. Terrible jokes. I, I kind of want to do one. Okay, uh, let's do. <laughs> uh, this is. Uh, I'll go with the the Durlin joke. Yeah, the Thanagarian one is. I don't. I don't even get it. No, yeah. Uh, first, Durlin says, "Say how many coons does it take to screw in a light bulb?" Second, Durlin goes. I don't know how many. First Dorland goes, two, one to screw it in, and one to slay a dozen earthlings. 
<laughs> you know what? I laughed. <laughs> but it's at the same time, it seems like Perry White's asleep at the switch. <laughs> this is like one of the worst. It's like it's nine yeah. eleven, and let's do a joke. Let's yeah, about yeah. it on yeah, the exactly. front page of that newspaper. You know, it's it's that kind of level of. of mm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they they kind of keep us in the, the comic book world over here. <laughs> yeah. There there are some moments where it kind of breaks the fourth wall because this is one of the things. Okay, yeah. all these people land. How the fuck does the newspaper know a Durlin from a Thinagarian already? Well, we'll we'll see later on because they actually have mugshots. Yeah, they and they know each yeah. of the species. So that's those are little bits that are really for the readers. Yeah, suspension of disbelief. Uh, they know a lot of stuff about these aliens. But at the, the same back. time, I guess the you know the, the superheroes have these databases. And yeah. Justice League's always going, you know, boop, 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 boop. Oh, it's that guy. It's that thing. It's that alien race. Well, there are a couple alien races that we already saw in Omega Men. The Teen Titans had a crossover oh, with yeah. the Omega Men. Uh, so, I mean, maybe... So Nightwing just sent a floppy disk. Yeah, and he was Robin back then. So, you know, he, <laughs> Robin just, you know... Well, It's actually, all in the bad computer. Actually, I think Robin sent the... We'll see that later. Oh, yeah, there's a little... Yeah. Um, there's a little thing. The first article is Alien Armada Invades Earth. Which is basically what we already know. The recap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I like that we talk about... Uh, we, we, we have a couple people that I didn't know were popular back then, like uh, uh, General Eiling. Yep. Uh, that we saw in the TV uh, Flash show. Right. And, uh, and General Eiling was... Captain Adam's boss. Yeah. And that's going to figure pretty prominently yeah. later on. I always I always figured he hated superhumans or... or yeah. In this thing, they call them paranormals. Yeah, and that's it, about to change. Yeah, they're going to do something. And it's going to change during invasion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. Paranormals? It's... I know. It, it feels like ghosts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. So Eiling is working with the superheroes, and that's new information. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, that's, that's things that we weren't told in that first issue of Invasion. Yeah. There's also the mystery of where Superman is, exactly. and that comes up again and again. Uh, I can sort of tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually wondering where the hell Superman is. At the time in the books, Superman was going through, was having a nervous breakdown. Okay. And a, like a personality schism. Well, well, that's kind of unnerving. I don't know if you've ever seen from from perhaps the year before, but. If you've ever seen the cover where uh, Superman is acting as an executioner with green kryptonite in the box and he's got like a hood. Anyway, in that time, the way they'd figured out how to do Superboy, uh, that Superboy had a relationship with the Legion of Superheroes when Superman was never Superboy in the post-crisis universe, okay. was that they, they, they had the Time Trapper create a pocket universe okay. with a totally different... Uh, continuity where Superboy grew up in Smallville, became a member of the Legion of Super So every time okay. the Legion of Superheroes would go back to troll Superboy, which is what they did in those early stories, <laughs> yeah, basically, they were actually go they were being deflected to the pocket universe. Okay. So the pocket universe has a Krypton with a Superman or a Superboy that has those amazing full on powers, Silver okay. Age powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it has Kryptonian supervillains from in the Phantom Zone and all that. All right, so let me get this straight. Okay. They 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 did uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. To get rid of the whole multiverse. Right. And then they created the multiverse because they created. It was that's why it's called a pocket dimension. Okay, so it's not real. It's only. It's, an... it's not a whole multiverse. It's, it's only... like one planet or two planets. It's got Krypton. It's got. <laughs> and how does this work? Well, it's just on the side. Okay. Okay. And okay. it's only accessible through the 30th century. It's oh, a time okay. trapper 
created thing. But it has Kryptonian supervillains because it's got a, the full-on okay. Silver Age Krypton in that pocket universe. Okay. When we find this out, Superman goes to the pocket universe, meets his younger self that he's never been, and then Superboy dies at the end of that story. Okay. So wow. the, Yeah, the Legion has a big funeral and all that. But then the Kryptonian villains break out of the Phantom Zone in the pocket universe, and they lay waste to the whole planet. So the next time Superman goes over, it's just, it's not even rubble, it's ash. Wow. And they're the only ones that survived, and like, like, uh, like a, a goody Lex Luthor and... Okay. You know, only a couple of people survived. Superman has to punish these guys, and the only way he can... I mean, they genocided the whole planet, and the only way he finds to do it was is to expose them to green kryptonite and kill them. The Silver Age kryptonite doesn't affect him. Okay, because he's from another dimension. Right, so the red, the gold, it doesn't matter. It's not the same. So he can expose them to it without being harmed himself. Okay. So he, you are kryptonians, you're my responsibility, and he kills them. Wow. He executes them. And this is so shocking to his system. So well, it's just yeah. like a Man of Steel, what, what happens next kind yeah. of thing. There is a General Zod there that he kills. Yeah. It's like the three villains from the Superman 2. Yeah. He kills them, and then after that he has like nightmares. And So in the Superman Because I, I remember, because this, this moment, it, it's kept, right? They keep something from that it's, uh, along the way. I guess it stays important, yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen him having a, a problem with you know killing because he killed Zod at some point. And there's this whole storyline where gangbuster Jose Delgado, uh, this is like a street vigilante, Yeah, he has like a makeshift costume, he yeah, goes he has like baseball pads right. and stuff like that. Right? And he fights gangs in, in Suicide Slum and he gets beaten up, he gets destroyed by a supervillain. And he's basically crippled he's in a wheelchair from then on or I mean he gets better but yeah. For a while there. Well, you can't really get up from that kind of and stuff. And that could be where Lois Lane is during okay. all this. Because she was kind of going out with him. She was dating Jose Delgado. Oh, really? And she's at his bedside. No, but it's, it's still Lois Lane. I mean, she would have said, yeah, see you later, Jose. Yeah, yeah. I've got <laughs> There's an invasion. Yeah. i yep. got more Pulitzers to win. Right. So, I, I don't know. But... This was happening. So, But at the same time, there's a gangbuster out there still beating up thugs. Yeah, well, yeah. I've read about him in The Daily Planet. In The Daily Planet. It talks about the, the mysterious gangbuster. He's not supposed... I mean, he's crippled. This is a different gangbuster. It's a, it's a new guy. We don't know who he is. And we'll find out that this gangbuster is Superman sleep crime fighting. Wow. He's he's sleepwalking. Right. So he's acting as gangbuster. He's obviously tougher and stronger, but still... He's maintaining a low-powered... He okay. thinks he's gangbuster. In the night, he becomes <laughs> this other self. Wow. So, so he's going crazy. This which is, is actually kind of interesting. Not, yeah. He's going mad. And okay. this will have repercussions during invasion and after invasion for a good while, where Superman doesn't trust himself. Yeah, well, I got that because I started reading uh, early 90s, and right. it, that was already in there. Yeah. Superman was always kind of, you know, just restraining himself. He's not going full-powered. And so this is where Superman... It's complicated. But they also mention uh, Green Lantern, the new Starman. Yeah. The yellow and purple one, Will Payton. Yeah. Batman in Cuba, Gangbusters in there, Animal Man's in there. So it's, it's giving you a yeah. sense that, you know, there are different fronts to well, this battle. Well, it, it kind of felt, after a while, it kind of felt like everybody's was doing stuff. And it was just too big for a, another comic book. Uh, this, what's going on in, in the Daily Planet, feels too big for a comic book. That's 
pretty much what. And yeah, because they do put world events in there. Yeah. So you've got it's the eve of election day, which was like new information as well. This was the first actual campaign I remember. Okay. Yeah. The, the Bush Dukakis. I was a teenager, so this is the first one. Yeah, I remember Reagan being president. Mm. I don't remember him campaigning. Uh, yeah, but this I remember because you got George Bush with this thousand points of light, obviously referencing the alien armada. Yeah. And then you had Dukakis in the tank rolling down the street and looking ridiculous <laughs> and losing abominably. So I remember that campaign. Okay. Real world events are being folded into this. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a couple of references to, to other stuff like the Star Wars uh, project. That right. That Reagan was Ra- uh, Reagan pushing. Was, yeah, yeah and, and a lot of stuff like that. And uh, the war in Afghanistan, uh, the Russians taking over Afghanistan. Right, where, that's that time. Yeah, it's around that time also. Um, so there's a lot of stuff, real world events, yeah, in there. At the time, I, I didn't know anything about this. <laughs> I wasn't even interested. And I might have been learning things about this yeah. through the through the comics, obviously. But the DC Universe really did have a, like a real politic kind of yeah. feel for a lot of the books. Suicide Squad, Checkmate yeah. were happening in sort of a real world with real politicians. Today they invent presidents. Yeah, but back then they had a lot of real presidents yeah. and uh, uh, people. Yeah, I think a lot of the comics were more grounded. Yeah. They just left the Bronze Age, which was perhaps high-powered, and went for something a little more grounded, like yeah. lower-powered, real world. I kinda kind like of like that, stuff. though. I think it's cool. To me, the, the, the early... Post-crisis, DC Universe is probably still my favorite. Yeah, well, I can see that because this is this is pretty cool. I, I liked a lot of stuff they they do in there. Yeah. So the next headline is White House confident looks to superheroes, and here there's a little bit of Reagan bashing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, either either they're treating him as a joke or as sinister. Well, you know, he has a couple funny quotes in there. Yeah, one uh, he's heard to mumble. Yeah, something that's pretty crass, actually. Um, uh, like, uh, why couldn't they have invaded later? I'd yeah, be in California, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be over, and and you know, uh, he he wants to. He he's not going nuclear or nuclear. We we decide we're we're saying nuclear right. now, because uh, uh, superheroes when they explode, they don't leave radiation most, most of, of the time. Them. Most of them. <laughs> so it's we, we all remember how how Captain Adam blew up in uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah, well, yeah, we will. So, um, but yeah, it can it, happen. It's uh, it was kind of funny. There was a lot of stuff in there, like little tidbits that I thought maybe were something, like this the the, the final comment there. If this alien invasion thing is anything like the last few crises, uh, we'll probably all forget it in the morning, <laughs> which is probably something we think right now about DC Comics with. There are multitudes of crises, and we don't really care about them. Yeah. Maybe it was foreshadowing. I don't know. Like we're, we've been forgetting the universe steadily yeah. until we don't know anything about it anymore. <laughs> and it's <laughs> everything is canon. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, there was a lot of stuff in there. I mean, uh, this is the first place they they basically said they're not going to go nuclear, and that's a big thing. They're going to hammer that in a lot because yeah. uh, the real line of defense will be the superheroes. So they don't want to go full power and, and, you know, destroy the Earth just to save maybe uh, some humans. They're trying to, you know, leave some of the planet alone. And the whole point of the drop dead thing is that the invaders have asked to have all the superheroes. They want to study the Metagene, so they they want our superheroes. We're not going to give you our weapons, basically. So then uh, we turn the page. 
And we go to uh, to the UN. UN yes. reacts to invasion. <laughs> and, and this is a nice page because uh, we also have the the points of reference for the aliens, right? Sketches of each alien race. Yeah, I uh, like the way the Tanagarians are always bald for some odd reason. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hawkman and Hawkwoman are like uh, they're weird exceptions. They're weird in their world, <laughs> which, which would be good because you know they're heroes in our world and Tanagarians. Tanagar, that's it. Tanagarians, yeah, Tanagarians. Uh, are bad in this. They're part of the invasion. Right, they're a military culture. Yeah. And here we haven't mentioned the artists who have been working on this, but it's like all fake pictures. There mm -hmm. are real, actual pictures. There's photography in here, but there's also, uh, you know, just sketching or yeah. like a style that makes it look like, like a newspaper picture, yeah. a lot of zip tone or whatever. So we've got uh, the artists are basically Kyle Baker, Eric Peterson, and Dennis Jank. Yeah. They're the ones. Uh, doing supplying the art for this, and you know what? The the kuns yep. never look so good. It's a handsome kun. It's a handsome kun. It's a handsome gildish pan. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, the, the the gildish pan. They, I don't know how they got into the alliance, but I don't know how they evolved. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have this big mouth. I know, but it's the hand that's basically a morning star. I know, and it, they look like a worm. It's basically a worm, a floaty worm that goes around in a ball. How did I don't I don't know. Hey, the uh, mysteries of science. Uh, <laughs> so here again, a little bit of the the Superman mystery. Yeah. Uh, so it recaps a lot of the things that we already know, but it makes it international. But then we get the map. Yeah, that's interesting. So this is like the first full color item. Yeah. That we get inside the pages of the newspaper, and it's got not only like little explosions, like little outbreaks of where the aliens have landed and descriptions of each but you've also got these icons that means that they've built a base there yeah so they've got a base in cuba they've got a base in uh, australia well it's supposed to be melbourne but this is like straight up the outback yeah the, the icons right on the ayers rock <laughs> and then uh, and then in the arctic as well so yeah. we haven't even heard anything about the arctic yet uh, really so the the descriptions of uh, each uh, i really like because it tells us where is everybody yeah, who's fighting who and where? Yeah, so so it's promising things, obviously. Yeah. And the aliens, they they work in teams actually, which is something I didn't I didn't really figure. Yeah, they could have just had their own roles. Yeah. they just send the kuns over to everywhere. But yeah, they, and, or they've got uh, different roles. The Okarens or whatever, just send them out. They're the best fighters, and just so let's give some examples here. Uh, Cuba, right? We've been talking about Cuba yeah. all along. It says here, Cuban national and guerrilla forces under Fidel Castro have seemingly allied themselves with the Durlins, you bastards! <laughs> the heroes, they also tell us the heroes that are there, and uh, we have Batman, Flash, and Manhunter there. So we can expect those three books yeah. to, uh, and, and to, to take place there, but perhaps also cross over with one another? Probably, because Flash uh, and Manhunter are already linked are they? Uh, oh, well, yeah. His dad was Manhunter. No? That's right. So I don't know how that's gonna. That that, that really right. intrigued me. Got in the South Pacific, several islands, Fiji, Guam, and, and uh, Wake Island, have been overtaken by advanced force of Kuns. Hero resistance on various islands: Wonder Woman, Justice League International, Firestorm, Firehawk, Power Girl, and Starman. And those four, I think, are all in the same book. This is heavy. There's a lot of stuff in the South Pacific going on. So, one thing I liked was I knew who was teaming up with who right so that yep. was kind of kind of fun over here i'm thinking everybody's in there so i it's probably like the big book that we're going to see yeah like a pacific theater yeah kind of thing uh the arctic circle has alien forces of the gildish band uh, are trying to establish a reinforcement and supply base here under the ice cap 
really good intel in the really planet Honestly, on day one yeah. on day one of the invasion. <laughs> uh, Hero resistance by the Doom Patrol, Aquaman, and an army of Atlanteans. Yeah, and whoa. the Sea Devils. Don't forget the Sea Devils. I don't know who the Sea Devils are. They're just uh, adventure heroes who uh, do deep diving. Oh, okay. They're like challenges of the unknown. That's what I was I was gonna say. Yeah. Like the challenges of the unknown. Like challenges of the unknown. But but they're all in scuba gear. They're all in scuba gear. Okay. They're led by Dane Dorrance. It's like a you know it was a silver silver age adventurous comic like Cave Carson and that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, wild card. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I mean, uh, it seems like nothing. I mean, you say okay, Doom Patrol. They're they're pretty powerful, but they're kind of weird. Uh, Aquaman. He everybody laughs at him. But he's more powerful than most than people, people give him credit for. And yeah. all of the Atlanteans also. I mean, remember, these people live in the deep sea. They're strong and they're tough. And sea devils, well, that's a bunch of people in scuba gear. There's Southeast Asia, where the Kuns and the Okaarans are teaming up. Well, this is a big team right here. That's that's the big warrior team. Yeah. They're all over Southeast Asia and Japan. They're presently approaching the Sino-Soviet border. Hero resistance from... The New Guardians in China, they're doomed. <laughs> well, sorry. And in the USSR, you've got Soyuz and the People's Heroes, which are super yeah. teams uh, uh, from that country. It wasn't like Rocket Red or something like that in there somewhere? Rocket Red would be in JLI right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. But um, he might turn up. And I've got the, they've got the whole brigade I, as well. The whole... I, I don't know all the Russian uh, superheroes. I only know Rocket Red. I was wondering why he wasn't there. Yeah, but... well, the People's Heroes are kind of villains. But, I mean, if they're working for the, the Soviet regime... But it's a different world. It's a different world. <laughs> and the, yeah, after the invasion, the whole damn thing collapsed. I mean, <laughs> exactly. sorry, the aliens left Russia in a in a sorry state, and and you've got the well, Australia was beachhead Earth, as yeah, they call so. it. We know what happened there, and that they have they have like numbers somewhere. Oh, We're yeah. talking about like seventy five percent of the people died. Yeah, later on, uh, seventy five to eighty percent. Oh my God. Death toll in Australia. I mean, that's dead people everywhere. That's horrible. That's way worse than the comic was able to show us. Yeah. So the Daily Planet actually, you know, ups the, the ante quite a lot. Yeah, 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 big time. And scattered activity as well. That's not on the map necessarily. Unconfirmed reports of alien sightings and activity in England, where a member of Parliament was assassinated. We'll look into that next time. Promise. So in Gotham, in the New York Embassy of the JLI, and in Louisiana, because Swamp Thing, wherever there's a superhero, a super being, or a comic book going on, there will be superhero act- alien activity. Well, good. I'm expecting this. Superheroes are magnets for aliens. Well, that's what they're looking for, though, right? Yeah, they, that's, it, that's they, it. They're not looking for potatoes. They're looking for a superhero. If so. they were looking for potatoes... They'd be in Prince Edward Island. They'd be in... Idaho. Uh, Idaho. Uh, Ireland. Uh, the other article on that page is Moscow prepares for evacuation. Yeah, that one kind of got me off guard. Because, you know, we always thought of the Russians, especially in that time, it's the end of the Cold War. Uh, Moscow and, and the Russians were like... Uh, Monolithic. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were unbeatable and you know, the arms race and everything. They had a space program. They, they did everything we did uh, back here, only, you know under a communist regime. Right. So they were bad. They were the villains, actually. Or, or so it seemed, anyways. Yeah, yeah, our, yeah But if you know your history, uh, it's actually interesting that Gorbachev is preparing to evacuate Moscow. Yeah. In the past, when Hitler was attacking Russia, yeah. Stalin was actually forbidding, was closing down the cities 
So you couldn't evacuate. The, the shipping lines were broken. Nobody could evacuate, and they just kept those those people. I mean, his own people were starving in those cities. Okay, so he's doing the opposite, right? Basically, well, that's pretty much what we got from Gorbachev, right? Back in that day, he was like completely the opposite of everybody yep. that came before him. Uh, he was the the humane, you know, not so strict uh, leader of the USSR at that at that time. So. Yep. It kind of made sense. There was an opening on the re- on the rest of the world. This is like the article is our enemies normally, but yeah. we're all on the same side here. Yeah, yeah. There, well, there's a bigger problem. And the Okarans are said to hate nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah. That's like the finding thing. it distasteful because they like to fight. Apparently, yeah. They and like that's the... like a that's not an honorable way to fight. Yeah. So they're basically going around crapping down uh, every nuclear <laughs> weapon silos. Yeah, and uh, nuclear power plants and everything that's nuclear. They're they're Just kicking it, shutting it down. And once again, next page. Melbourne destroyed by Kunz. This is where the death toll is actually mentioned. Uh, We also get... I thought it was Batman in the picture. I thought it was Batman also. I guess it's Tasmanian Devil. It is. It is. But we're seeing some of the destruction. We're also getting info from Jeanette Clyburn, who was the big um, scientist at Star Labs at the time. And she basically figured out, or... Kind of, she didn't figure it out. They think it's at Star Labs that they're probably the the reason why the Alliance wants uh, all the superheroes. It's because they want to understand why Earth has so many different superpowers all of a sudden. Right. I mean, and she's going by information that Tasmanian Devil sent. Yeah. So I mean, probably the aliens are just going blah 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 about their plans, and somehow they're all speaking English. So <laughs> it's comics. Yeah, let's call let's call it the common. This call. is another one where maybe the characters inside the story have too much information, but that's yeah. because the readers need to have that information to catch them up. Oh, there's also the Doom Patrol leader dies yeah. in Arctic conflict. That's the big spoiler. That's the I big think. spoiler. Well, I I didn't know that. I, I I read about it and I said, well, why am I going to read this comic now? Yeah, Celsius dies by the way. That's the thing. Celsius. Celsius dies and the chief takes over. Now, I remember this happening. And here, it be, it's happening in the context of the invasion. So, I'm guessing we're only we're actually going to read about it because they're fighting the Gildish Pan. Yeah. And Celsius is killed. Uh, and this was really the dying embers of the Doom Patrol comic. Okay. As it was just before Grant Morrison takes it over and makes it brilliant. We're not there but yet, but... this is like the major spoiler that maybe you're telling us a bit too much. Yeah. It does establish a timeline, but... At first, I wasn't really uh, believing it because it's against the Gildish Pan, <laughs> and they're worms and balls. She, maybe she's not dead. I didn't know Celsius. I, I don't. I didn't. She was. Uh, yeah, she was the chief's wife. Oh, that must have been devastating. Uh, but they hated each other. Oh well. I, must have been it's the Doom flat. Patrol. They have no friends. <laughs> Nobody cares. So Doom Patrol is always weird, right? That's that's. Doom Patrol it. is at that point. You know how every crossover, there are books that are about to be canceled or yeah. need to be changed drastically. Yeah. Those guys are in danger. <laughs> a crossover needs blood. Yeah. You know we're gonna. It's the time. It's a big event. Let's kill off some folks. So anybody who's on the verge of cancel, Batman will never die. No. The Doom Patrol. Your numbers up. They're buddies. famous for dying. So. <laughs> Uh, but anybody who's gonna like, but we do have the, uh, the a nice um, a nice uh, column over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talk about uh, or they talk about how uh, this is not the first time we see aliens. Right, we have been invaded in the past. Yeah, and of course they talk about all the superheroes that are aliens. Superman. Yeah, yeah, and uh, John, John Jones. Jones. My my dad always says John Johns. 
John Jones. And I just, I'm like, I say John Jones. John know. Jones. I know. That's what I the know. I think John Jones was how they said it in the uh, Justice League cartoon. They they make reference to a lot of uh, Green Lanterns also. Kamatui. Kamatui. Yep. And uh, they also know that uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl are Thanagarians. Right. Uh, so we do have aliens here, yeah. heroes, and they talk about they've got like bullet points about other invasions. Now I kind of try to figure out what all these invasions were in reference to. Okay. And I, I really couldn't. There's just not enough information. I mean, I know that okay, the Gorda- the Gordanians uh, yeah. attacked the Teen Titans. That was that. I think that was the Omega Men. I think that story. was story. Yeah. And I remember the Justice League of America lost its satellite base in an alien invasion. Okay. I remember that because it justly became justly Detroit. It's pretty famous, and I have that annual. Okay. Not the invasion, but what happened right after. So I don't even know what the aliens look like. So I, some of them. You know, I recognize. But the the robotic aliens from another world during the Star Wars policy, White House Star Wars policy. I'm not sure what that is. There is a reference to V. Yeah, the 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 the, the lizards. Are, yeah, uh, because DC was publishing a V comic at the time. Were they? They <laughs> were. That's so what I figured. They had a V tie-in comic. I, I was thinking maybe at that time V was really popular on TV. <laughs> was probably produced or distributed by Warner Brothers, and they're all kind of connected. Yeah. So I figured no, there maybe was, there was a V comic on the stands. I'm not sure exactly where it was up to, but so that's like that's a wink because obviously it's not the DC universe. Yeah, but they do have a reference to, to V. That's cool. I kind of liked it, yeah. especially that uh, that show used to scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> I was I was young and I, I didn't really like the stuff that you know people eating rats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So page now, six. now I love it. Page six, page six, the Pacific. This is where uh, if you ever heard of this little war called World War Two, we relive the Pacific. Basically. I never watched sequels. <laughs> but yeah, basically uh, we're comparing a lot of the stuff from the Second World War Pacific theater and now and yeah. we're we're doing a lot There's of another that. place where I was there's like that moment where they compare the atrocities that the yeah. Kuns are committing to the Holocaust. I was like, mm, yeah, how about we don't go there? Let's not do that. But I think I think it's uh I I I kind of understand what they were trying to do, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have steered clear of anything Holocaust, just because it's it can't be compared. You and can't it, compare. it shouldn't be. I don't think it should be integrated into a work of fiction. No, really, it's a, like that. And it's it's, like, it's too real the and Holocaust too soon. Is, yeah, I mean, there have been atrocities across all of human history, and I don't mind if we're gonna you know laugh at the sack of Rome, but <laughs> but yeah, it, Holocaust I, kind of. You know, yeah, it's 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 what we know in this universe, not the comic book universe, but this universe has probably the most evil thing ever. And what about that weird uh, article on harassment bombing uh, that the Thanagarians are going around warning people where they're telling people exactly where they're gonna bomb so that yeah. people can evacuate the area, and then destroying landmarks which I doubt remained destroyed in later comics. They, like, they blew up the Sphinx in Egypt. They blew up the Great Wall of China. They blew up Mount Rushmore. They blew up Stonehenge. I'm pretty sure those places were seen after that. Yeah, yeah. So already that's a little, you know, iffy. That was a little much, right. But they're trying to... Apparently the Thinagarians, their thing is bullying... Likes terrorism. Yeah, well, that's what I got Demoralizing. That's what I got from it. They're like... They're, they're flying everywhere, so they can't be touched, right? And basically they're just destroying stuff. That's, you know, that that probably would be off limits, you know. 
You probably wouldn't bomb that just for fun, but they're bombing just for fun. And they're just being assholes. <laughs> That's it. They're just being assholes. Tanagarians. But, but you know what? They, they kind of established that the Tanagarians were like the jockey, bully type, right off the bat in, in the earlier issue, in, in Invasion Number 1. Right. So it didn't surprise me. It just enraged me. I don't like the Thanagarians. I'm, I'm borderline on Hawkman right now. It's an odd strategy, which I like because it means that the different aliens do really do have different viewpoints. Yeah. And they don't wage war exactly the same way. Thanagarians, they, they wage war like assholes. Earth! Island Earth. apart! <laughs> I, I didn't really get the headline here, but basically what we're talking about is uh, Earth is being completely isolated, isolated yeah. from the rest of space. As if there was already a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was thinking probably because they're, they're on the lookout for... I don't know, uh, the Green Lantern Corps or right. something like that. Yeah, all the help that could come from outer space yeah. is there's a blockade. So we're not getting any help and we're not escaping it either. We're not, nobody can be sent out to ask for help. There is a mistake here, I must say, because we're, uh, we're shown that, like as, as an example, that the aliens have blown up a Russian shuttle. Yeah. So there's a picture of a space shuttle getting blasted, but right? That- that's not a Russian... That is not a Russian shuttle. That's not a Russian shuttle. That's what I was thinking. That That's not how the Russians did it. Nope. Uh, they used rockets. Right. They did have shuttles. I've seen pictures of them. I don't okay. think they ever used them. I think it's like prototype stuff. Uh, but they they have a, a very different look. Okay. So that's obviously an American shuttle. Yeah, it's an American shuttle. And please stop blowing up American shuttles. That's also kind of... Yeah, that's kind of... That's close to when Challenger... Exploded, right? Right. So now we're in the metro section, uh, which is like the city of Metropolis itself. Yeah. So uh, looting, riots hit Metropolis, so we're getting real problems. We're hearing in this article and other articles that humans are not behaving very well during this crisis time. Well, they're behaving like humans who think there's no tomorrow, basically. You know, poor people are are looting because they want... I mean, there's this one thing. There's a little bullet point uh, during the looting riots uh, hit Metropolis where an elderly couple was arrested for driving their pickup truck headlong through a <laughs> store window to grab fur coats for $730 worth of fur coats. I mean, and, and they were caught by police after a 14-block chase. Right. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's a crazy, weird stuff going on on the streets. So but- if there's not enough trouble... With those cities being attacked by aliens, the people like the special crimes unit, uh, like, we get we get some quotes there from yeah. Maggie Sawyer and later from uh, Terrible Turpin, uh, characters in Metropolis that we come to know well in the Superman series, who are not only do they have, they have to handle aliens, they've also got stupid criminals. Yeah, people are going nuts. Basically, people are just going nuts. Everything's going downriver and some people are And just... as you might expect, this was something that I found weird when the UN declared war basically on the aliens is that okay, the governments of the world are saying, "No, we're not giving you our superheroes." Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would go, "Why don't we just sacrifice those bastards?" You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, and uh, and so there is there's a movement. There are people asking that the superheroes give themselves up. Save us. Save us the only way that seems obvious. Yeah. Give yourselves up. The next article kind of, <laughs> kind of, not shocked me, but I said, yeah, that sounds about right. Luther hopes to, to house the homeless. So Lex Luthor basically is trying to get, I don't know, on the good side of this? Well, back in the day, he was just like, he was the, the businessman Lex yeah. Luthor. 
I say Luthor because super friends. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> the generational things. Luthor. Luthor. Lex Luthor. Luthor. Lex Luthor. 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 Luthor is Luthor is written with an E. No, anyway. <laughs> you, you can call him what you want. Yeah. Luthor Lex. hopes the house. So he's a businessman. Yeah. He's well, he was basically Donald Trump. But in here, they they talk about Lex Luthor as a philanthropist and millionaire yeah. and. You know, Only Superman really knows that he's doing bad things. Yeah. Superman's never able to prove it. Was the dynamic back then? Yeah. So he was slimier. I'm oh, thinking back then, and we'll see that later on where he's totally yeah just going. So he likes to make himself look good, and yeah. in his mind, Superman yeah. is an alien and is, shouldn't be here. Yeah. And he should be the hero. He should be. So what he's doing is like throwing money at problems. Yeah. Uh, which is which is fine. Which is fine. Do uh, it, Lex. Yeah. If 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 money fixes stuff, well, good. I mean, uh, houses for the homeless. Uh, well, yeah. Money will. He, fix he just that. wants to be the landlord to the world. Ex well, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like know? in the movies. It's always about a land deal. <laughs> and then we have Guardian Arrows take on the sorrows of a city. This is like a weird bit because I don't remember any of this from the Superman books. Me either. If they were I, in there at all. But uh, back in the late eighties. Uh, there was this thing with the Guardian Angels. Okay. You remember that? And they used to work, I think, out of New York. They were like citizens uh, who would wear like these tight white t-shirts and red berets. Well, they, at one time they thought they were like gangs, but they used to like break up fights and help right. people. And then they I think we got had something weird. like that here in Moncton um, a little later on. Like... We had gangs, okay, but there were like skinhead gangs, for example, yeah. and then there were whoever fought the skinheads, and then there were white knights or a name like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, and those guys were just beating up skinheads and riggers or whatever was the other they, one. They were beating up everybody. Yeah, well, they were beating up the gangs. So yeah, they were vigilantes like this. Yeah, but basically. here, here it's like community outreach. The pictures don't show them fighting people; they're just they're feeding people. Yeah. Just helping out. It's like vigilante civil workers. Yeah, I didn't really figure out the, the name. I thought, what, what's the connection? Because the Guardian is the superhero that hangs out with the Newsboy Legion. Yeah. And all these guys have the caps, the same caps, the Newsboy caps. Yeah, yeah. That Scrapper has on the cover. So I was like, are they like... Maybe. I don't know. People inspired by the Guardian? It kind of why feels, are they arrows? I don't know why they're arrows. I, I, that's what I'm thinking also. So I, if anybody knows what, what the deal is here, this wasn't in the Superman books. I, I can't seem to remember any of... This is like unique to this newspaper as far as I remember. Yeah, there's a lot of Titan bashing in here. Because they're also in New York. So maybe it was a, a Titan thing. And the Titans are apparently also missing. Yeah, Titans are missing. You know, they're all saying stuff like, you know, if the Titans were here, well, they'd do something, but... They're not. So we're the Titans now. Good, but you know, I don't remember these guys at all from the early 90s. I have no idea. No, no. But they're they there. They seem unique to this. So it's like during the invasion, they just got together to help. Could, could it be something like they maybe thought of doing? Maybe. Like a remake of this kind of Newsboy Legion or whatever, and it just didn't fly? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of flying... There's this column called uh, Fly Bill Swat's Opposition, and uh, they're trying to ban flying for superheroes. Or at least... <laughs> license. Yeah, uh, you need a license to fly. Yeah. Or else flight, flight insurance. Yeah. What else is there? There's like... Well, this is like real world. If superheroes were real... Yeah. Yes, there'd be bills like this on, you know, on the, on the uh, Congress floor. Yeah. For sure, because... 
how do we make sure that flying superheroes aren't causing problems yeah, for yeah. aircraft, right? And and one of the things I kind of enjoyed in this is uh, already in the late 80s, they were talking about licensing and registration for superheroes or paranormals. Civil War! Exactly. That was uh, basically the same thing, you know. And, and they're saying, well, superheroes are not going to go for this. They don't want to be registered. <laughs> they don't want to wear landing lights, proximity sirens, or Daglo uniforms either. <laughs> exactly. It says. Exactly. So, and then we talk about Gangbuster. Oh yeah, Gangbuster busting out all over. Yeah. And of course, the Daily Planet has to reference the Superman books above and beyond everything else. Well, of course, it's, it's happening Planet. right there, right? And then we get to uh, Perry White's editorial. Yeah. Well, there is a, a side column just before it where oh, yeah, it's it supposed to be the Daily Planet staff. Okay. But it's references to past creators. Okay. Uh, there's all sorts, but the like I recognize Al Plastino, who was a, a Superman artist in the Silver Age. Um, who else is there? Ira Shap here. Uh, you know, different people who worked at DC during Superman's the Superman era, which is the entirety of DC. Okay. Like, you know, Sheldon Myers there. Uh, Stan K. They, they like sort of changed the names or made them you know kind of different, sound different. Okay. But. You know, there's a burn in there, so like it's probably John Byrne or John Sakella. These are people who worked at DC okay. and worked on Superman. So basically, it's a shout out to the, to yeah. the peeps. I like uh, I like that that at the end of Perry White's uh, editorial, he actually signed it. Yeah. With his handwriting. Yeah, you so see that, that huh? And sometimes yeah. in newspapers. Yeah, I kind of like that because I don't know for some odd reason it gives me some kind of an I think it gives me some kind of a insight to what kind of a guy or a person uh, who wrote it. Just how you sign your name, I guess. Uh, so what kind of person is Perry White? Very orderly. By, <laughs> from what I see, he's probably a well-organized man. Because uh, you can actually read Perry White. Yeah, because I'm not organized. And uh, basically a slob. And my, my signature is all over the place. And Perry's kind of preachy here. Because yeah, a little bit. Invasion, the true threat. The true threat isn't the aliens. The true threat is us. Because we're... <laughs> Well, I guess his city's coming apart the seams, yeah. according to the articles. But the true threat is humanity actually giving in and surrendering the superheroes. Yeah. The Daily Planet's always going to be pro-superhero. That's their thing. Other newspapers can can bash superheroes. Never will the Daily Planet turn on Superman, right? Exactly. And I think Perry Wright over here, he he's basically talking from the heart and, and trying to... Because in his city, people are looting, people are going nuts, and probably people are saying... You know, give them the fucking superheroes. Just give them the superheroes and we'll be fine. And he's trying to be the voice of conscience, saying, no, the heroes are our only hope, really. And Clark Kent, in his uh, column, Metro Report, uh, says Superman are everywhere in Metropolis. So he's actually, while Perry's glorifying the superhero, Clark Kent is glorifying the common man. Yeah, Which is really. perfectly in line with his character. That's the kind of person he is, where yeah. he finds heroism. One of the things I like about Superman in the post-crisis era, that Superman, was that even if he was the most powerful man alive, it's the common man's heroism that inspired him. Yeah. So he, he was an inspiration to others, but he took his inspiration from everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's what makes Superman great, is even if... He has all this power, and every even if he's the most powerful being ever, it's, it's not about being powerful. It's about if if you should use your powers and how you should use your powers, and not if or uh, when or actually, it's about if and when. But it's not <laughs> using them without thinking. It's it's about responsibility. Uh, he didn't have uh, Uncle Ben, but he still lives with that you know great power, great responsibility type thing. And I think Superman this 
iteration of Superman would actually say that it doesn't matter if you do have great power. You have a responsibility towards your fellow yeah. uh, human. So that with small power also comes great responsibility. Exactly. And I think that's really Superman, if he loses his powers, keeps on going. Yeah. It's, it's, he's that kind of character. Yeah. And th that's basically the Superman I always liked. I, I, you know, I'm a Superman fan, so mm -hmm. I, I like basically all of them. This latest one, I, I'm, I'm kind of over. I'm over. You're ready the, for the next. Time. I'm ready for the. You know, I'm over the t-shirt and the cape wrapped in the the fists wrapped in the capes. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm ready to go to the next course, please. But uh, but I love this Superman because he he really was looking up to 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 just ordinary folk, and that was like a real thing. That's what made him great. The thing at the bottom, um, personality parade. Yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, a, a, you know, talking to people. Like Vox Populi. So, it, they actually, they've taken pictures from DC staffers. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's Jeanette Kahn, the publisher. That might be Karen Berger. There's some, there are some people that some people online have been able to identify, but okay. not too sure who's who. Um, and they're all playing characters, like supporting cast characters from other books. Yeah. So, somehow, the Daily Planet shoved a microphone... In different people's faces, and all those people had a connection to superheroes <laughs> by you know by pure accident. So you've got Jenna Clyburn, who we, we talked to before, yeah, the scientist from Star Labs, yeah. which makes sense if she'd be Jeanette Kahn because they, they they share yeah a name Jeanette Barbara Gordon, who we know as Bad Girl, yeah, and Oracle in Gotham City. You know she's not saying anything that makes it seem like she's Bad Girl, and it's kind of odd that she's got the face of a DC staffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's Abigail Cable, Abby Cable from uh, Humad, Swamp Thing's wife. Uh, Eric Strauss, who is secretly one of the people inside of Doctor Fate okay. at this point. Uh, Funky Flashman, who is from the Fourth World. He was like an antagonist for Mister Miracle, okay. and he was Jack Kirby. Uh, Jack Kirby taking a little revenge on Stanley. He's Stanley, so he speaks like Stanley, and you can tell from his little interview. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like big Pilgrim. <laughs> it's really Stanley-ish, yeah. uh, and so it's it's supposed to be Stanley with a beard and a wig. I get your pay. I can see it. So he has the big glasses, a beard or glasses. Yeah. So in the comics, you know, I think Stanley didn't really appreciate it, but uh, that happened. <laughs> He's there, and Vanessa Capitellis, who was a Wonder Woman supporting cast okay. member. Uh, so we, we've got a lot of people, you know, and they're looking not necessarily. Like they do in the comics. No, not at all. Vanessa Capitellis has like I think white hair or like really pale blonde hair. She's an older woman, which is this isn't. Yeah, uh, but but this is a like a real life. These are, are they're they're not drawn out pictures. No, they're, they're pictures, picture pictures of, the, of DC staffers. The business section. The business section. This is where we're going to see Lex Luthor eventually really being slimy. Oh yeah, he positions himself for profit. Uh, and we also see, well, yeah, the big, the major article shows how gold is going up, the yeah. Dow is going down, the, the <laughs> Australian dollar is like worth ten cents. Yeah, and it basically, uh, what I got from this is, even in an invasion, assholes are going to be assholes and try to make money off of it. And Lex is the prime asshole. Oh, position Lex Corp positioned for profit. That's the article title, and it's wonderful because Lex Luthor in this article really shows how slimy he is. He, he sells technology to the government, gets the government to protect his patents for like forever, and he has like all the patents from everybody else. He just 
basically buys everything and he's basically the guy who would own every piece of a technology but he makes it look like he's a patriot yeah he's doing this for the war effort he's exactly. doing this he's doing this for us uh, so you know it's just hey how about you privatize the the military <laughs> basically <laughs> it's kind of that's basically it oh. and and he's really slimy that's the and even in, this is a drawing he has a, there's a picture of uh, Lex Luthor it's a drawing and he he has this little smirk that you just want to kick through he's an asshole and then variety or city life which is Cat Grant's column yeah she, the film review she has Terror afoot, Ordzilla deemed smashing. So Ordzilla is an inside joke in itself. Okay, uh, I did not know this. Yes, the artist for um, Adventures of Superman at this point was Jerry Ordway. Okay. The excellent Jerry Ordway. And his nickname was the Ordster. So Ordzilla is obviously... And here there's a, even a drawing of him, or the creature from the movie, which looks terrible. <laughs> it's supposed to be a Godzilla movie. But it's basically a half-man, half-lizard in a rubber suit. Right, it's... Looks awful, but Ordzilla is obviously supposed to be Jerry Ordway, and probably the caricature is of him. And Cat Grant writes a really funny article, but you know she ends it with "Run, don't walk to the most exciting genre picture in years." And I think she's a little bit of a shill. So yeah, whatever the movie is, she got free tickets and she wants access to movie stars, so it's always going to be good. She's she's that kind of you know entertainment tonight. Yeah, yeah. Kind of everything's good. And uh, but you know there are little inside jokes in there too, like yeah. the great the Michael Carlini was obviously Mike Carlin, the uh, Superman editor at the time, is the musician for the the movie. There's little references to that. Yeah. The very weird reference though is right afterwards the um, Teen Beam feature. Yeah. Which is supposed to be teens uh, every week or every so often writing articles for writing like guest editorials. Yeah. And it's written by here Sidney Mellon. No. <laughs> So, I don't know who Sidney Mellon no, is. No, Sidney Mellon is an urban legend oh, really? in comics. I did not know this. Because he signed a number... And this is his, actually his... That's his picture, his purported picture. Okay. He wrote uh, various um, columns in Amazing Heroes, which is like a fanzine. Okay. And he was very much the stereotypical fanboy who raves about superheroes, but hates everything else... Like, he'll bash Love and Rockets. Really, what Love and Rockets needs is more capes and spandex. You know, he was like the superhero kid fanboy. Okay. Um, But he wasn't real. He was like a pen name of Gerard Jones, who went on to write a lot of the Green Lantern books and some Martian Manager stuff uh, in the 90s. And even in here, you've got... Because it's very much a uh, Sidney Mellon kind of article, where he praises superheroes, superheroes are great... And then at the end, if we didn't have any superheroes, we'd still have them. They just wouldn't be real. And any name drops, a few bizarre ones. Yeah. Lady Lightning War, uh, Lightning Sword and Dark Blood and Thunderskull. And there's actually a Thunderskull comic written by, or kind of written by, Sidney Mellon, where the, the story was that Sidney tackled uh, Gerard Jones and somebody else at a convention and pushed a script on them, and they said, well, this is kind of fun. And then they convinced other people to draw it up, and then Slave Labor Comics actually published it. There's okay. the issue of... of um, Thunderskull. Thunderskull, the creation of Sidney Mellon, who does not exist, which is still Jerry okay. Jones. So, so seeing him here is a very bizarre reference that only very few people will get. Well, I and that yet. I had to do a lot of research <laughs> to come wow. up with. 
but uh, but a lot of people actually do remember okay. him, and it, it, he was like supposed to be the kid that writes into every book, and then you'd see his letters in the letters column. But okay, he really didn't because he didn't exist. But I he was kinda, that guy. I kind of like the way he he tried to think of a world without superheroes and how we'd be miserable and how could we even survive, and you know. So I kind of liked it. I didn't even get the references. But I, I did like the article where everything is about superheroes and everything is... The real world is anchored on superheroes being real. And this kid is imagining something, basically us, yeah. right now. Imagining superheroes just to fill out our fantasies. So it was kind of a weird, reversed, reality check type thing. It was I, I thought it was kind of fun, but I didn't know he was an urban legend. I, well, I even wonder if Gerard Jones actually wrote this. Because he was, I don't know if he was writing for DC quite yet, but he was about to, to huh. write quite a lot uh, of books for for the company. So wow. I don't know. To me, it was like a very, very, a very bizarre reference. It it is. It's oh, the quit whining. Did you read this? Oh yeah, that's the probably one of the best parts of the whole. And and you know, granted, why in the invasion like extra extra invasion aliens invading our skies are full of. <laughs> and then there's still room for pages about a movie coming out and, and advice columns and, and publicity and I mean I know what is this doing here but in any case I know the advice column is amazing it is Nora Crowdish who is the uh, the <laughs> advice lady has the same advice for everyone yeah basically quit your whining quit whining <laughs> and, and when and I maybe, read it maybe I, that's the invasion <laughs> thing you know it's like yeah I, I thought it's the I, end of the world <laughs> quit your whining I kind of heard like uh, when I was reading it I the voice I heard in my head was like uh, uh, what's her name the the, the the lady from the nanny uh, <laughs> Fran Drescher Fran Drescher <laughs> quit whining that's what I got from you know like older Jewish lady who's telling it like it is and it is perfect yeah because the first one it's a woman wrote in about her neighbor who she always meets in the laundry room and then you know he's always washing these uh, white turtlenecks and this disco wear and he's, he's very he's a stranger you know he's the uh, the phantom neighbor so it's obviously <laughs> about the phantom stranger she lives in the same apartment building as the phantom stranger is he like a super powered like is he as powerful then as he is now like this supernatural type yeah he's always been that okay so yeah no it's bizarre I mean it's it's weird it's really ridiculous she doesn't know if she can talk to him or whatever yeah she thinks he's creepy and and you know this Nola lady the, the advice column lady she says like hey get real dear uh, you're single and you're doing all the laundry all the time how about you get a date from this guy Squid, just quit whining and then the next letter is this one took me a little uh, a few more seconds to figure out who we were talking about. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a guy writing in. He's lived in Gotham. He's lived in New York. Uh, so okay, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's going out with this chick, and and they all have the same friends, and yeah. they're always hanging out and doing stuff. Uh, but she's got this big hair, this and massive hair, <laughs> this thick hair, long hair. And there's hair everywhere. And he's complaining about the hair, and I'm going. And in my mind, I'm just going like, why, why is there a reference to the Inhumans Medusa? Or who, who, who are they talking about? And then, then it hit me. Yeah, yeah, it hit me right away as soon as he said the hair. It's Nightwing and Starfire. It's 
<laughs> I liked it because back then, when when Starfire would would fly, I don't know about now. And all I know about yeah, the, the hair became a trail of fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Starfire at that time had this over sexy sexy yeah. thing. A bathing suit. Yeah, basically. I I like her costume now in the new comic. Yeah, it's nice. You know, it's like a you know cut off t shirt, but it's off. It's all right. And uh, but she used to have this, and it looked like the hair would go on forever. I I got it right off the bat. I was I was laughing. That was fun. And then, well, the advice lady tells, uh, basically tells him to stop his whining. Stop you know, your whining. You got this gorgeous woman, and everything's going fine, and you're, you know, you're, you're <laughs> uh, complaining yeah. about her hair. Men like you make me sick. Right. And you then, have the uh, perfect girl, and but her hair bothers you. What a clown. I can always, I can see this lady with a cigarette. Here, I've got the perfect drip for you. She lives in a mid-town Manhattan apartment. <laughs> you two deserve each other's. There's also this just a one-liner bore, uh, conf- confidential to bored in Blue Valley. Quit whining. <laughs> so Blue Valley is where the Flash was living. Yeah. Where the original where Kid Flash lived. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of like that one too because uh, that was when. Uh, Wally West was basically whining Wally. He was just whining <laughs> so just, all the time. Hey. <laughs> and then we have uh, the TV schedule. <laughs> right. TV schedule, not too much to talk about no. on my end. It's like a parody of what the TV schedule was back then. Yeah. So like, there's a Cosby show, but it's a different actor. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. The only ones that are interesting are like um, Hot Seat with um, the Hot Seat with Jack Ryder. Yeah, the secret the secret identity of the creeper. And so he, yeah, at the time right. he was like a he was supposed to be the the sort of Jerry Springer of the DC universe, okay. kind of thing. Of course, he's got a story about transsexuals in the in the government. And, you know, it's that kind of <laughs> yeah, 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 that kind of show. Uh, but that's the, really the and I mean there are like really strange references like Johnny Nevada's in there. Johnny yeah. Nevada was like a late night talk show host in the Superman books in the Bronze Age. Okay, so. Yeah, it's the DC Universe. Yeah, I kind of figured it might be some kind of reference to Johnny Carson or something. And somehow there's a Swamp Thing movie. Well, yeah, and and uh, later on we'll get that there's a Swamp Thing novel yeah. coming out. So Swamp and, uh, Thing is uh, a thing people know about. And a, a just blatant, gratuitous, snow job three, four guys, six girls, one mountain. <laughs> They're giving winter sports a whole new meaning. Yeah, you, you know, get some movie... Yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, Target is it Target? Target Karak, which Karak is like the Iraq of the um, DC universe, or like I say, the Iraq, but it's like a terrorist nation. Yeah. In the comics, so there's an action movie with that. Uh, it's interesting because it's made by Werner Brothers, who are like DC Universe's Warner Brothers, yeah. but also where Blue Devil works. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's a stuntman for. Um, yeah, uh, that's movie right. studio and that's Werner Brothers. There's also a, like a shitty Smurf parody yeah, movie, The Doofs. And I'm not sure what Death Dreams Two is supposed to be. I don't know the creature or the person that's the, on it, like a witch or yeah, it kind of looks like the Hobgoblin or the Green Goblin with yeah. the hood or I don't know. I think it's probably supposed to be like an EC Comics kind of deal. Yeah, that. probably, probably. Yeah. We don't get it all. No, you know, it's it's twenty some years in the making this thing. Yeah. We get to the comics. There's a comics portion in... in yeah, right next to the, the crossword puzzle by yeah. Answer Man Bob Rosakis, which makes sense. It's, pro- it's actually a real crossword puzzle it is. It with is. clues from the DC Universe. The first word across is invasion. Invasion. And then uh, the answers are in the, the thing. I didn't actually try to, to do the crossword because lack of time. But um, it's the kind of thing I... I didn't want to look at the answers Yeah. because I want to do this. Okay, you will? I will. You're gonna I, I will do this. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to hold you to it. Okay. Okay. And, and we have comics who are, you know what, they're great. I love these little comic strips. Yep. 
They're they're better than a lot of uh, newspaper comic strips. Really, really, honestly, they are. And uh, well, the one the one I preferred was the Captain Carrot. Oh, Captain Carrot is awesome because Captain Carrot basically pulls the Deadpool over here. You know. Yeah, well, he pulls a, like a Grant Morrison of the era where he's touching the panels and yeah. it's like existential crisis. I'm inside a comic strip. Finally, he just says like, "What's a superpowered bunny to do?" And he wonders what's on cable tonight. Yep. But he is reading about invasion. He's yeah. like us. He's in on another Earth. We're on Prime. He's on Earth C. Yeah. And uh, there's an invasion going on, and he can't help. And he, basically, he's talking to us. Uh, from this pat- I, I mean I loved it yeah yeah, I and loved it I think the, the the other one that's really DC driven is this one uh, science, science says, says you're wrong yeah Krypton yeah. is a gas there's no fifth dimension in the world am round right so you got Bizarro Mixelplick and I'm sorry Mixie Spittalik whatever you want to call <laughs> Mixie Spittalik I'm so- super friends again my name is Mixie Spittalik Uncle Metzelplick, super nerd. Metzelplick, And um, Krypton jokes. And there are Batman, yeah, like Batman, Batman, Batman. But they're kind of made to look like other comic strips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different so, uh, styles. They're very good, though. They're well written, so they're very nice. Cat calls. Cat calls. Cat calls by Catherine Grant. Yeah. So Cat Grant has a. A gossip column, yeah, and it's like little blocks of she re-mentions movie stars and yeah. I uh, kind of felt when I read this, I kind of felt like I was just on the sidelines of a lot of inside jokes. Yeah, there are a lot of inside jokes. A lot of them I don't get. Many I didn't uh, have time to research. It probably there are people in the comics of the time or from even from the Bronze Age. A lot of jokes from the Bronze Age. Really. Like, you know, these characters are lost from that continuity, but we're just making references to them. The ones I really picked up on, again, talks about Jack Ryder, uh, and mentions also that uh, Jack had Steve Lombard on the show. Yeah. Steve Lombard was the uh, sports guy at the Daily Planet in the Bronze Age, and okay. like Clark Kent's bully. Oh, the guy with the mustache? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. And Because uh, he, he comes back up in uh, All-Star Superman. Yeah. So yeah. they use And they eventually use them in the normal continuity but at the time he wasn't really in the comics anymore yeah so here he has like a sports store and he's a former sports star and he knocks jack Ryder for a loop okay because he's violent <laughs> uh, yeah but you've got uh, like the ones i i you know some of the blue devil the movie is still going on yeah yeah so that, that one i got uh, those are jokes from blue devil roy raymond tv detective uh, here, there's a reference. I'm going insane and being in an asylum, okay. and that's from his last appearance in Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing uh-huh. brought him back and gave him like a terrible fate. Okay, uh, so that that's one I noticed. Uh, there's a soap opera called Young Love, which is a, a romance comic. It's a romance comic. Shout comic. out to the Lonely Hearts Romance Comics podcast, which we also co-host. Yeah, yeah, we were in that also. Check it out. It's on the Fire and Water podcast. It's very network. funny. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Edge is in here as well, the, the boss at Galaxy Communications, uh, mainstay yeah. of the Superman books. Uh, he's going to sponsor the Suicide Slum Little League team. <laughs> it's a very strange thing for him to do. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Uh, there's this uh, Wild Dog reference, yeah. uh, Vigilante, yeah. that also had a comic book. Uh, he had a, like a four-issue miniseries and then yeah. a special, I think. Yeah, and he lived in Quad Cities, which is mentioned here. So yeah. it's like, uh, well, it's, it's not all big superheroes. Uh, Bruce Wayne gets a, a shout-out as well. Yeah. Uh, he's got Sharon Scott on his on his arm. and um, I'm know. wondering who Sharon Scott is. I don't know. Uh, Sharon Stone was very popular <laughs> at that time. Oh, yeah, it could actually be a... You know, like a parody, 
reference to because that's uh, kind of what that's what I thought because it's still Sharon but at that time if you saw Sharon and the last name starts with S you'd probably think yeah. Uh, you know, instantly Sharon Stone. So I figured maybe that was that. And then he says it's evanished. Yeah. Before the end of a dinner. Yeah. Wonder what happened. <laughs> so, you know, we, we realize some of these jokes, you know, and Lex Luthor's in here as well. You know, big stars that we know are big stars, but also some random ones that we don't really know who they are. Exactly. And once again, this is still in the same a newspaper. It's it's supposed to be Invasion. And we're, we're kind of going all over the place with jokes right now. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, we have the dirt on the soaps. The, the edge of suds. <laughs> so basically talking about uh, soap operas. Yeah. And the soap operas don't have anything to do with anything. Young Love is obviously a romance comics title. But then yeah. The Beautiful and The Restless is obviously the rest, uh, Young and the Restless. Yeah. Or The Bold and the Beautiful mixed up together. The decent looking and slightly disquieted. <laughs> you know, it's jokes like that. Yeah. The only one that's actually anything about anything is Secret Hearts because, well, listen to this. Kara's life as Linda Lee turns out to be only a dream. Zorel and Laura try to help their daughter but find themselves trapped in a devastating earthquake and die. Plagued by dreams of a cousin Carl, Kara finally finds peace when her grandfather Ariel reveals the family secrets to her. Next week, can Kara get the magic back in her life? Will she be content with what power she has? And, so, and Supergirl doesn't actually exist in the post-crisis DC universe at this point. Okay. There's the Matrix, who is like a, a fake Supergirl from yeah. from that pocket yeah, universe. Yeah, because Supergirl died in, in uh, crisis. In crisis. And was like wiped from continuity. So there is a Supergirl, but not quite this one. So this is just like, it's like her life. When the, the universe reformed as a single universe, her life became this soap opera. Like exactly. what existed of her became this. So that's the only one that I, you know, I can tell. Yeah. Maybe the, the one with Night Slasher, I don't know. But it's interesting to see that their soap operas have superheroes in them. Yeah. Because the world has superheroes yeah, in them. Yeah, because it's part of real life. They yeah. Have, they have these things. And don't look at the answers to the crossword puzzle. No, I'm not puzzles. looking at the answers to the crossword puzzle. The horoscope were like a little um, disappointing for me. Yeah, yeah, they were. They're just... They're just horoscopes. <laughs> just horoscopes, yeah. They're yeah. a little bit, you know, Sometimes, snarkier, but... Yeah, exactly. You know, stuff like stay away from killers and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know. But I wish it had been like... Pisces would have been about Aquaman or you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, maybe at the end of the, the newspaper, they, maybe they were running out of ideas. <laughs> I don't know. They're like, all right, let's get this over with. Yeah, maybe, okay, maybe, yeah. But, let's get to the 16th page. There is an ad for... Um, Wanted. Sidekick. Crime fighter requires young boy for help in surveillance, detective work, etc. Circus background preferred, but not necessary. Send photo. No phone calls, please. Send application to P.O. Box in Gotham City. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. And then there's the sports pages. Pages. The two, pa the two last pages are sports pages. They're kind of weird because they're reversed for some odd reason. Yeah, in, page in 15 and 16 are flipped. It's kind of odd. In any case... Yeah. <sighs> Basically, sports. yeah, they're sports. Uh, I know there are fans out there of that. You know that uh, Metropolis has the Comets and like fake sports teams. There's, yeah. There are people who are very interested in this. I am not so much, <laughs> yeah. unless it's unless it's hockey. I like it when superhero uh, cities have hockey teams. But, but otherwise, we don't really. I don't enjoy, care about baseball. Yeah. yeah, baseball is not our thing. And there, there's only one real reference to the invasion here: is that the invasion hit during a football game. Yeah. 
and a stadium was damaged, and uh, some players were hurt. Yeah, players from the Meteors were, were hurt. John Peterson, for you... Uh, and yet, the score is still 24-21. They didn't call off the game. No, 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 no. You nothing, don't call off a game in football. Nothing, nothing stops calls a game. off the game, right? Exactly. So, uh, John Peterson, well, he had a touchdown, but broke his back when half the roof fell on him. Yeah, and there's a picture of him getting rescued. Yeah, by a ref, which is very unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Real heroes. The man on the street is the real yeah, hero. Yeah, yeah, um, and, but yeah. Umpires, man, not that much. And there's an ad. There's a clearance, a clearance sale at um, Steve Lombard Sports World. So he yeah. gets another mention. But actually, one one thing was kind of funny in that uh, you know the player that got hit by uh, the roof or piece of the roof falling down. Yep. He said it's no worse than getting hit by a 350 pound tackle. So basically, he's a tough guy. He gave 110%. <laughs> Went in the corners, played hard. And that's the end of the uh, newspaper. Whew. It's a lot of stuff. It, there was a lot, a lot of stuff in there. Probably took like 14 hours to read. <laughs> Imagine to write. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were like 12 people oh, writing. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it was, uh, although it was kind of long and, you know, kind of thick and. And, and eventually, it's not about invasion anymore. Which is kind of a good thing. Yeah. Because it also says life goes on and, you know, and but it was kind of fun because I thought it was like a more grown-up way of having like an, an incredible uh, crossover. You know, we talk about these superheroes as if they were real instead of showing us pictures and I kind of like that. And, I mean, I wouldn't read everything this way. I wouldn't do every issue. I mean, if it's just like articles, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read it all. But, you know, one thing like this, I mean, it's kind of cool. Okay, we're going to take a little break. We are. This, this episode is like the longest ever, but we're still going to do reader, uh, well, listener feedback because we haven't done any yet. So we've got two episodes of uh, people commenting in and we'd like to address your comments. Yeah. So uh, stick around just after these messages. We'll be right back. <laughs> we need more songs. Star Wars, give me those Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, don't let them Star Wars, those dear and Star Wars, talking about Star Wars on a podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and welcome to... And I'm the Irredeemable Shag. Dude, what are you doing? What? Give me those Star Wars as my show. Well, you're part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network, so it's really our show. But if you show up on the promo, people will think you're the co-host. I'm not? No, the show will have rotating guests. You just took that idea from my Justice League International podcast. You took that idea from my Secret Origins podcast. And you took that idea from Dead Both and Spies. That was my podcast! Wait a minute, wait a minute. I sang the theme song with you. So? So, technically, I appear on every episode. I'm part of the foundation of this new Star Wars show. That's... that's true. So, you want to take this from the top, or what? I'm Ryan Daly. Join me and a galaxy of guest stars on Give Me Those... <coughs> including the irredeemable Shag, whose voice you will technically hear on every episode, on Give Me Those Star Wars... The official Star Wars show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes and Stitcher and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. So we're back, and we're uh, lo- we're opening up the Invasion Mailbag. Yeah, it's a lot smaller than what I'm used to. 
but we'll take it. Not, <laughs> not at all. This is great. We have mail. We have a lot of mail. Uh, let's see. Well, I'll, I'll read and you react, right? Okay. Uh, we'll do it this way. Um, Ooh, really? Oh, my God. On Twitter, uh, and I must say, this is like going back to the inception date of the podcast. Okay. So there are people who just basically uh, reacted, were just excited about the announcement. Okay. Before we even started. So you had Martin Gray saying, you're doing an Invasion podcast. Oh, and indeed, wow, best crossover ever. See, other people think so too. You sure you're not the one that wrote that? That's Martin Gray from Scotland. Wow, because you told me we should do an Invasion thing because it's the greatest crossover ever. And I said, I don't even know what that is. And you said, well, it's the greatest one ever. And other people agree. Well, there you go. So, And then, you, you know, uh, Hicks who said, I would subscribe to this a thousand times if I could. Well, get your friends to subscribe. Or get several accounts. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> fine with that. I told him, I gave him a few more details at the time. He said, awesome. I love Invasion so much. Plus, so much variety across the tie-ins, like Animal Man, Flash, even Swampy. He was quite happy. Mm. I think this is a big thing, right? With this inv- with this crossover, we go, we get a lot of different types of superheroes. Right. I think that's what kind of touched it's, people. Yeah, it's not all the same, so it gets kind of samey. Okay, yeah. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, I can see that. But this one uh, dodged that bullet. I, at least, I think we'll find out that, you know, we'll confirm that. Okay. A great first episode, says Greg Arujo. Although part of me hoped there would be a dramatic reading somewhere in the episode. Oh, this is after. Uh-huh. Uh, this is after the first episode. He was hoping for dramatic reading. Oh, well, maybe he's a Lonely Hearts uh, listener. He and certainly is. I really loved Invasion as a kid, says Charles Bernard. Collected most of the crossovers. Really excited to listen to this. Cool. Cash Flag said, just listen to episode one. Great job. Looking forward to episode two. Uh, Charles Bernard also chimed in again later, said, enjoy the podcast. Wondering if you're going to discuss the special edition of the Daily Planet that was released for Invasion. Well, spoiler alert, Charles. Done and done. Um, Michael Bailey said the Pied Piper came out in Flash number 53, in case you were still wondering. I was. So uh, so he comes out, like, two years later. Wow. Uh, so he wasn't even close to uh, being out as a gay man yeah, the, well, when he was... read the issue. And then he also says, to be fair, Loeb's, uh, Mesner Loeb's, who was writing the book, could have been playing the long game there. Loving the show, can't wait until you get to the Superman books, because, obviously, he, um, he co-hosts from Crisis to Crisis, which is... They cover every Superman uh, comic from... B- between the Crisis and Infinite Crisis. Wow. So like 20 years of Oh, comic. wow. That's a big bite. Yeah, I'm up to episode 25. Wow. There are 200 episodes uh, I will, at this point. <laughs> I am a Superman fan. I will be listening. Yeah, that's good. That was the era where buying the Superman titles was non-negotiable, he says. He, <laughs> that's how he ends. Comics Couplets says, great first episode. This will be a fun listen. Our good friend from the Lonely Hearts, Marty. Marty says, should I start my own podcast now? <laughs> Bas- uh, then you answered, <laughs> you're in this. You answered, we should do one together called, but I don't care, to counterbalance all the fanboy podcasts. And Marty said, I'll do a podcast about sports. <laughs> and then there was a, like a whole big sports master discussion. Yeah, yeah, sport and master rules. Who else uh, on Twitter? Coffee and Comics blog said, Curse you for not telling me instantly, podcast app! Uh, Michel Fifa, who we've talked about before on The Lonely Hearts, yeah, uh, he's a comics pro now, says, uh, this is not a drill. And then somebody answered, the fucking absolute best! <laughs> Tucker Stone answering him about Invasion. Uh, and then Fifa said, uh, McFarlane said one of his only career regrets was not finishing that series. Really? Yep. Wow, that's, well, that's big. That's big. Yeah, because it like half the art was Bart Sears later yeah. on, so... 
Uh, McFarlane and Birdley said this. Uh, and then Tim Callahan answered him, said, I love that McFarlane era, the best McFarlane era. And then Dave Robinson wrote, I was just looking at my copy. Maybe I should read along. Hey, yeah, actually, you should. You we're, should on a, we're on a slow read ourselves. It's like every three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know what? If you want to read it, read it. You chuck you through can, it. Yeah. Facebook comments, uh, Lucien Desarts. Who are these people? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know them. He said, uh, can't wait to listen. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, thank you. David Ace Gutierrez said a great warm-up. Looking forward to the rest. Ryan Daly from the Power and Fishnets podcast, among others, said great first episode, Cisco and Bass. Uh, and you did a Secret Origins I recently have. with him. That and it was great. I loved it. It's going to be out. I don't know, but I loved Ryan. He's yeah. a great guy, so take a listen. Uh, he said looking forward to more. Uh, Michelle Fifa also wrote us on Facebook saying, if you're a fan of late 80s DC and like me, find the Invasion crossover to be the finest comics event in the history of mankind, <laughs> you will enjoy this new podcast. Thank you. Fanboy I Miss Prime says great show and looking forward to more. Jamie Jones, I love Invasion. One of my favorite stories, but... I may be biased because Legion, and Legion with the, ah, yeah, the yeah. acronym Legion, which is really the end game of Invasion. Michelle Fifa finally listened to it, I guess, said thank you for the podcast. I've been considering a bind for the entire Invasion run. I wouldn't have thought to put those four teaser issues in. Uh, I love the Flash issue, but haven't read the others, but now I will. I do plan on adding other tangential materials such as Animal Man 7 and the Squad issues, though one of them is super expensive thanks to Oracle. <laughs> she gets her first appearances oh, okay. in those. Uh, I'd love to end it with Blasters and the JLI 24-part story. I was thinking of including the debut issues of JLE and Legion, but space is precious when you're already adding yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a year of DC. <laughs> I've wanted to read the Spectre's follow-up art, Ghost in a Machine, and now I'm compelled to get on it. Anyway, uh, thanks for indulging my rant. You sort of hit a nerve slash sweet spot. Well, good, good. Uh, hey, enjoy it. I hope we uh, don't disappoint. Uh, Ryan Wing says, between this and the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, which is another excellent podcast, I'm feeling more inspired to start a Janus Directive podcast. It's a crossover between Checkmate, Suicide Squad, and it rings the government bit. ones. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't last very long. I think it's uh, like eight issues and, you know, half the Force of July's dies. Well, we might do it before you do that. <laughs> we'll do the Janus. We'll do Janus. Because no, there's anus in there. So We'll that's... do Janus. Watch for the Janus Directive podcast in 2059. <laughs> Jeff Sebesta says, I need all this information. Okay. And uh, the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour shared the post. Got mentioned, so shared the post and said, A great crossover, which our book's... Uh, we're a part of back in the days. Can't wait to hear Siskoid cover this. Now, on the blog itself. Okay. This is uh, Fire and Water. If you want to leave comments, you uh, go to fireandwaterpodcast.com. All the shows are there. I invite you to listen to the other shows. Absolutely. They have great shows over there. And um, we have great shows. We have great shows. Uh, we actually, ourselves yeah. have several shows. So um, check it out. You can leave comments there. And if you're leaving them on Twitter or Facebook, please use the hashtag FWPodcasts. That makes it easier for Shag to find them. I think he's the only one that checks that. And but, I mean, his name is Shag. <laughs> so you got to like him. He's irredeemable. So on the blog, uh, Reading Hicks said, let's see, about preludes, said uh, our first episode, says, hey, Siskoid and Bass, hey. thanks for the podcast. Well, our pleasure. We enjoy it. <laughs> this is, of all the DC crossovers, is one of the nearest and dearest to my heart, and I got into comics soon after Millennium and was on the ground floor for this one. This was a great time to get into DC Comics, as there were lots of series that were fairly new, which allowed you to get caught up on the full run relatively easily. Starman, Animal Man, Manhunter, Power of the Atom, Checkmate, Doom Patrol, etc. I'm going to pretend I didn't buy New Guardians as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going to last your, long. Your secret is safe with us. I'm glad you did the preliminary strike issues, as these are overlooked. 
It's good you both enjoyed the Veitch Alcala Swamp Thing issue, as it's indicative of the strength of the post Alan Moore run. It was darkly humorous, uh, quirkily unafraid to use some of the odd corners of the DCU, such as Arkham Asylum. Solomon Grundy, Kongorilla, Hans von Hammer, and Roy Raymond, to name a few, which you just saw the reference here. Yeah. Uh, Veitch only did from issue 65 to 87, as DC grew cold feet at the last minute on his infamous uh, Alec Meets Jesus issue, which was part of his final storyline. Wow. Yeah. You know I'm going to read that now. They didn't, I think they didn't publish the Jesus issue. Well, I'm going to maybe be re- they did later. I'll be reading all the Swamp Thing, because I really fell in love with Swamp Thing uh, during that, just, just amusings, and when we're just rambling on and reading these uh... imagine what could have been the editor that editorial mess with the with Veitch, uh also led to neil gaiman aborting his planned takeover of the book oh wow and i guess he got on another idea which was sandman which didn't work out <laughs> uh, i can't wait to hear the next episode cheers uh, garuja one said i never knew i needed an invasion podcast until you mentioned it a few weeks ago Invasion is definitely the gold standard of the Secret Crisis of Infinite Wars crossover type things released by the big two. However, after being underwhelmed by Secret Wars 2, Legends, and Millennium, I nearly skipped the whole thing back in the day. Dangerous. But I wouldn't have blamed you. Uh, Jeff R. said, I always want... Oh, yes, it's the the whole pronunciation of Kunz that we've chosen. Ah, yeah, yeah. We we, we chose Kunz. Jeff R. always went for Kuhuns. Is there an H in there? It's K-H-Uns. Okay. So... Kuhuns. Kuhuns, that is, not Kuhuns. <laughs> Kuhuns. Okay, yeah. Kuhuns. Well, you wrote it like K-U, then Huns, like Kuhun. It's Kuhun. Kuhuns. Maybe, maybe it's Kuhuns? It's like Big Kahuna, I think. Okay. Kuhuns. Okay, I don't know. That's how he wants to pronounce we, it. We might just say Kuhuns. We will continue to say Kuhuns. The Swamp Thing, then he says, the Swamp Thing run we never got was going to be uh, rotating authors between Gaiman, Morrison, and I think Bissette. Not sure wow. about the third one. And all we got anywhere near it was annual number five. Uh, Joe X says, I really enjoyed this, and now I want to go back and read this, as well as a lot of the series that were out back then, especially Bill Loeb's run on Flash. Chris Franklin, uh, also from our network, said, Until I heard you guys talking it over, it never occurred to me. Invasion may be the least intrusive crossover ever. The nature of an alien invasion is such a cornerstone of superhero comics, the events could weave in and out of books with nary a blip to the flow of the crossover titles, but still strengthening the overall narrative. You're off to a great start. I'm psyched to hear the rest. Billy Hennehan says, Great episode, I'm hooked. The aforementioned Shag said, Cisco and Bass, great first episode and a fantastic idea for a finite podcast series. Yeah, finite. <laughs> uh, I love that house ad and the series itself was lots of fun. Todd McFarlane and Bart Sears in their prime. Good stuff. Looking forward to more episodes and keep playing the theme song you sung on future episodes. And he's like the first one to dare mention the song I put in the blooper. You, 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 you. <laughs> I like it. I like the song. I'm not sure about the song. Uh, <laughs> We're half and half on the song. It's half and half on the song. Cherry Patrick, compliment that sounds like an insult. That was much better than I expected. <laughs> well, thank you. My favorite part, the song at the end. He's the other person that dared mention the song. I hope your vocal freestylings appear in every episode. I kind of sang stuff already, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. I did. All right. Freestyling. <laughs> Martin Gray says, just catching up, I enjoyed the, de- the debut loads. You know, it never struck me the invasion poster might be racist. I suppose if I'd seen it in the 40s when Asians were depicted in a truly vile, inhumane manner, buck teeth, bright yellow skin, I may have made the connection. But do you think DC were consciously going for this? I can't believe they'd be that insensitive. The Dominators were an established space race, after all. And yeah, I don't think they were trying to be insensitive. I don't think they were trying. I think 
I think maybe it was... It kind of all fits, though, right? I mean, it's supposed to be a play on World War II. Yeah, it is. This uh, episode right here yep. basically does that. It, it makes a lot of parallels with World War II. Yeah, and other wars. Yeah. So maybe it's unfortunate, but I think today, like we said earlier, today we're a lot more sensitive to that, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I think it's a good thing. But, and I don't want to judge harshly no. the people who did this as if uh, they were unconscionable. Actually, no, because if they are, and they were doing like a war par parallels between world wars and this, they, they really should do it, right? right? It's not being insensitive. It's actually trying to depict in another light, you know, an alien invasion instead of uh, earthly invasions. On the second episode... Uh, Chris Franklin said, Your show is reminding me of how odd a crossover Invasion really was. Not that this is a bad thing, but it's downright unconventional, even by 1988 standards. As you guys pointed out, there are no marquee characters in the first issue. No big heroes even on the cover. This gives the impression that the story was what mattered. The fact that DC Editorial didn't insist on Superman, Batman, Flash, Wonder Woman, and the whole JLI on the cover, or even cameos in the book, shows how the DC of the time was willing to take risks for an entertaining story. Man, I miss those days. <laughs> and he's right. There was yeah. a lot of risky stuff, and a lot of that stuff let, uh, you know, uh, eventually became Vertigo Comics. And yeah. So DC was trying to go into different directions, as opposed to today where, like, the New 52 was very homogenized yeah. and not a risk-taking endeavor. But in, that, in those days, there were a lot of weird comics. Because, yeah, and... I mean that I think it's a, a an important point that the big heroes aren't there because uh, this type of invasion. I mean, Green Lantern and a couple guys from the Green Lantern Corps could have just handled it. Yeah, usually that's what happened. Yeah, right? uh, great coverage. He goes on to say, "I really want to dig out my copy of issue one when I get home. I was a big fan of McFarlane's art at the time, but like many things I liked in my teen years, lots of hair metal, for instance, I look back at it and ask why." But the story is solid either way. I think I even have that Daily Planet edition around here somewhere. Uh, Paul Hicks said it was great how you dealt... Oh, no, yeah. He was a little sore because uh, we dwelt a lot on how Australia was the lowest, has the lowest instance of metahumans, and he's from Australia. Okay. So by the third mention, I thought you finally got the point across, Kay. We make, a, <laughs> we make up for it by having a, a disproportionate number of movie stars and beautiful people. You do, you do. Uh, fun fact, I work in Canberra and would have easy access to the JLI embassy if it were real. If it hadn't been destroyed in the invasion, oh, Exactly, eh? if you were there in 1988, <laughs> before November 4th. Uh, Ryan Daly goes on to say, uh, I was thinking when Cisco and Bass mentioned the utter lack of superheroes from Australia, how come so many of them are played by Australian actors in the movies? Well, that's why. It's, it's superhero it, envy. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, overcompensation. Yeah. This was a fun episode. Invasion is the DC event that I most want to read but haven't yet. You're like Bass. Yeah. The concept always intrigued me, but the prospect of in investing in a Todd McFarlane book at this point in my life is a hard sell. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? It was, it was good. It was good. Try it. It's early McFarlane. Early McFarlane. He's not quite... <laughs> full-on McFarlane. Yeah, it's not capes everywhere. No. I have read a good handful of the tie-ins, and I'm really excited to revisit them. Anyway, you guys did a great job recapping the story, so I didn't feel like I was missing anything for not reading. Fun discussion, hilarious commentary, great work. Thanks. Thank you. Joe X says, uh, the two Space Fleet's pages look so much better because they're George Perez swipes. Are they? Well, it's true that, you know, that's how he draws things with... 
like he creates a lot of borders and yeah. so you've got panels cut up in smaller panels yeah. and like it's a denser kind of storytelling. Well, I mean, George Perez is kind of the crossover king at yeah. that point, right? So you'd probably uh, an I, editor yeah. would say, uh, you know, I'd look, look at this and do it, do I'd, the same. I'd swipe a couple, you know, if I could. Yeah. Hey. Editor says go, I'd go. Yep. Shag says, great episode, guys. Really enjoyed your take on the Giant Size crossover launch. I remember back in 1988 not wanting to like this crossover. I suppose after Crisis, Legends, Secret Wars, and Secret Wars 2, I was beginning to suffer from event fatigue way back in 88. Wow. (laughs) While the promotional house ad was beautifully rendered, I thought it looked too ridiculous, like a parody of 1950s invasion movies. That's the point, Shag. That was the the point, Shag. I begrudgingly read the first issue and was surprised how much... I enjoyed it, and my enjoyment increased with each issue. Keep up the great work. I look forward to the next episode's coverage of the Daily Planet Supplement. I remember it well. There you go. So that's wow. those are the actual comments. Although, uh, let's see here. Aaron Head Moss on Facebook uh, also said this was his first crossover when he started buying comics. Uh, technically started mid-millennium, but had to go back to get issues for that one. Invasion came out after I was full in my comic buying mode. Also, it was a great series. I can't wait to hear it. With a lot of people loving this series, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of people, you know, probably giving us a lot of details about the, the inside jokes and the, all the all that stuff. So the people who remember for- it well, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Actually. But I really do want to sing the, if I'm doing freestyling, I've got to <laughs> sing the uh, Facebook likes and shares roll call. <laughs> Tim Wallace, Corey Hodgson. Uh, that's not even his name. It's Corey Hodgson. Uh, Ryan Daly, Kevin Roussel. Uh, Steven St. Pierre, I'm not singing anymore. Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, Michael Wagner, Clinton Robinson, uh, slash uh, Coffee and Comics, same guy. Comic Book Ad, Kyle Benning, Al Sedano, Alan Leach Jr., Andrew Leyland, David Ace Gutierrez, Zaki Hassan, Zeb Oswald, Aaron Head Moss, uh, Kane Dorr, Justin Francard, Derek William Crabb, DC in the 80s, M. Anthony Gerardo, Michael Bailey, Alan Middleton, Nicholas Prom, Sean Emmons, Max Romero, uh, Mike Peacock, Alexander M. Osias, Joe Crow, Jay Culpa, Chris Mounts, Billy Hennehan, Van Z, Jacob Rubin, Paul Robertson, David Finn, Bob Bob, David Kelly, Jeff Sebasta, Benjamin uh, Mara, Mike Quilligan, Derek M. Ballard, Randy Myers, Sean Jacob Cobble, Eric Greenberg, Kari Corcoran, Tress Dean, Keenan Marshall, Keller... Flipping the page. Rob Bass, Joshua Anderson, MJ Steele, Nacho Fergosi, Seth Jacob, Leighton Connor, Andy Kuhn, no relation to the alien forces, Ben Tricky, Scott Pollard, Michael Fitzgerald, David Crispino, Kyle Pinion, Tom Hall, Jason Nosage, Danny Josevic, Max Brown, Ben Olson, Jamie Jones, Ryan Wing, DC in the 80s, maybe I'm repeating some of these, Roger Preeb, <laughs> Marcel Richard, Cord Industries, Roberto Diaz, Rolled Spine Podcast, Comics Reflections, Paul Price, Mike Betza, Richard Ruiz, uh, Javier uh, Ariola, Giancarlo Nurco, Stern 47, Mike Surgent, Mike Anderson, Thomas Pacul, uh, Carlos Augusto Morelli, Ruth Sutherland, and that was just Facebook. On Twitter, Two True Freaks, Comic, Coffee and Comics Blog, Audio Pie Limited, mm, <laughs> Carl Disley, Count Druncula, Greg A., Cash Flag, Film and Water Podcast, Sin, Waiting for Doom, Hicks, Ange, Alan Middleton, DSNRS, William Arbro, uh, Trekker Talk, Daniel Vizier, Keith Mason, B. Naomi, J. Slab 4225, Django X. Fett, J. Babos, K. 
KSCG SF Podcast, Tim Callahan, Amélie Montour, ah, finally someone I know, uh, Charlton <laughs> Hero, Comic Reflections, uh, Mario, Bill Bear, Firestorm fan, Michael Mac Wagner, uh, Son of Cthulhu, Comics Couplets, and if you waited all this time to hear your name, Kelly Roach! Way, Kelly Roach. Wait a minute, Cord Industries? Yeah, yeah that's Tim Wallace. Okay. He runs a uh, Blue Beetle blog. Well, you know, Cord Industries, a, I'm down with that. Yeah, he's also a member of the Legion of Super Bloggers, so a good friend on that side of the, uh, of the street. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, thanks for Whew. listening. Well, I hurt my throat, and <laughs> so, uh, Bass, why don't you uh, take us out? Next on First Strike, checkmate number 11, God Save the Queen. Thank you.